Welcome to the Gospel of Clarity Podcast, where we discover the difference Jesus makes in all of life. In order for the gospel to be central, it must be functional. I'm your host, Mark Smith. And my name is Andrew Arthur. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back, Andrew. It is so good to see you from a computer screen. Yeah, it's been a while. Normally we meet in person. Normally we... And we've actually talked about this quite a bit. I, I frequently mention our podcast studio, uh, mm-hmm. but that's closed right now. Yep, no doubt. It's closed. Everything's closed. Uh, as all of our listeners are well aware that right now we're um, recording this and all of us experiencing a bit of a new schedule, a bit of a mixed schedule, um, which leads us to needing to record this remotely. I'm right, over that, in that studio. That studio would not allow us to maintain six feet. <laughs> no, it would not. Our, our knees are almost touching. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we try not. I mean, actually, you know, you guys should imagine that it is. I mean, it's a huge studio, but in reality, it's it's very small. <laughs> it's a very small one. But it's a lot cooler now that Corey um, added a bunch of sound soundproof stuff. He made it look really cool. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer we can't use it yet. Yeah. So, and we, and we have a third person in there. We have Corey in there recording yeah. too. So it's definitely breaks the six feet. Six rules. knees touching. Yeah. Six knees touching at once. Um, so Andrew, I'm in West Seattle. Where are you at right now? I am shooting this from a house in kind of the Clayalum area. How's it, how's it been over there so far? Yeah, it's been a um, godsend of a provision. As as you know, we my family's been displaced. We don't have a house right now. We are we've been in the process of, of fixing up a house, and that process <laughs> should have ended right before all this happened. But it wasn't quite complete, and now the social distancing and all that is in effect. And so the so the guys who are working on it are having to slow down tremendously. And we don't know when we're going to be able to move into our space hopefully within the next few weeks. Um, but by God's grace, we've had uh, some incredible friends in our church who have uh, rallied to help us and to give us a place to stay um, and to self-isolate in. And so we are currently in Clayelum for about another week, and then we're going to shift over to um, another family's house uh, in Kirkland. That's awesome. And that's really cool. It's good to hear. I hope that you guys are having a good time over there, kind of getting out of the city and experiencing the rustic, rural Washington towns. If there's anyone listening from Cleelum, I hope that's a compliment. (laughs) It's it's a nice place that we're around. Like it's, yeah, Cleelum, some Katie, all that's pretty much together. Yeah, uh, I think there may be a, another town starts with an R nearby. We we haven't gotten out. We've been in the house. Um, outside, aside from just stepping out in the yard, we've been in the house for the time we've been here. Mm-hmm. Cool, awesome. So let's talk. Let's talk creativity. And first, I kind of want to ask the question: What gave us the idea to talk about cultivating creativity right now? Yeah, I think the idea just came out of uh, casual conversations that me, you, and our producer, Corey, were having to, um, as far as how best to kind of step into this season where we are speaking into our current situation and uh, cultivating gospel clarity in the midst of our uh, current pandemic. And uh, one of the things, I think Corey may have mentioned this idea, and it got me thinking about my own daughter. She's nine years old, 
And for the past three or four days, she's been initiating uh, the process of writing her own stories and writing songs and poems, uh, which I remember when I was her age, I did the same thing. I have, my mom has a collection of stories that I wrote when I was a kid. And, and I find now Delaney scratching that same itch in her life. And, and that's got me thinking about creativity and cultivating it in a time of crisis. I don't know if the crisis is kind of squeezing these things out of her as she's uh, flexing muscles that, um, that she has and trying to tap into those creative juices. Uh, but I know me personally, I've been wanting to do very similar things and trying to cultivate creativity in the midst of a crisis, which you know, Mark, um, that there's a correlation between uh, the production of creative expression and the experience of crisis or pain or struggle in the world. There, there seems to be a really close connection between those two experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh... A story that I frequently think about um, and that seems to become more relevant now than ever is um, a psychologist. He was uh, talking about creativity and in the mind and creativity and kind of social um, through through different times of history. And he was mentioning, he brought up this this moment of talking about how artists are most creative in times of what we could say of crisis. And he gives this example. He says a bunch of artists, they move into a, a rural kind of area, a city that's kind of run down, or maybe a neighborhood that's really run down. Resources are slim. No places to live, no places to um, that you would normally think about being good areas for creativity. But it's through the... Um, through the lack of options, through the restrictions of society, and through the dilemma of not having a place to go that they found historically that creative cities and places of creativity blossom in the midst of those, um, of those places that seem to be in a, in a time of crisis. There's significant poverty, and yet within that poverty, significant homelessness within that homelessness, you know, all these numbers of things that seem to be very negative um, that don't help people seem to flourish creative moments. And I believe that that really is a theological issue that we can, that we can bring up in terms of how creative expression is used in a time of crisis, because it leads us to ask, who are we being creative for? You know what? What are we? What are we doing with this creativity? Are we using it for ourselves, or is there a moment where we can glorify God in that and through it? Yeah, and I think you know, even even going back to that that, that the crisis dynamic, a lot of the best hymns that the church has sung throughout the ages have been written in those types of contexts as well. Uh, the one that's striking. Uh, uh, it is well with my soul mm -hmm. is perhaps a very uh, familiar hymn to many, and we know that that was written in the context of a crisis of a personal crisis that a man had in losing his family on a on a shipwreck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to create that and express those truths about his soul being secure in God as a remarkable fruit that came out of really hard season and situation. Oh yeah. And I think there are just numerous examples yeah. of that Can I throw throughout the history of the church and the history of the cult, the history of culture in general. Yeah. Can I throw out another one? Another yeah. favorite hymn of mine is abide with me. 
by Han- Henry Francis Light. And he wrote Abide With Me, a song that we all sing, but he wrote it on his deathbed just before he was about to die. That's the last thing he wrote. And yeah. uh, talk about in a <laughs> moment of crisis, you're about to die. <laughs> and yet out comes this one of the most beautiful hymns that the church gets to sing. That and It Is Well With My Soul, another you know, heartbreaking crisis of, um, of events where his, his uh, two daughters, or his, uh, yeah, his daughters die on a on a yeah. boat and he's holding this letter that his wife wrote him yeah it's really it's great so you can so, see an obvious connection of that yeah between creativity and crisis right and here we are in the midst of a pandemic and i think uh, many people have opportunity to have kind of their to tap into their creative juices and to and to feel kind of squeezed by circumstance in a way that would uh provide something that's nourishing to others and glorifying to the god who created them and so as we talk about this cultivating creativity in the midst of a crisis let's think of it and uh let's talk about it in three uh kind of categories mark uh, yeah. we'll talk about it in terms of how cultivating creativity is, is a form of theological expression uh, we'll talk about cultivating creativity as a form of therapeutic spirituality. Why is it good for the soul to express itself creatively? And then um, a third category for this episode is cultivating cre- creativity as a personal discipline. Uh, how do we? Um, how how are we disciplining ourselves to tap into the creative juices that may be flowing, um, but we are perhaps unaware of, or we're not channeling in productive directions. And so uh, let's start with the theological expression dynamic. You alluded to this a moment ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when we think about ourselves as image bearers, when we think about ourselves as, as God's image bearers created in his image, um, that is a truth that we get to proclaim. That's something we get to be really excited about. And within that, um, there is a, a, an ability for us as human beings as human beings as, as and as image bearers to create things but the difference is and what we want to make sure that we we uh differentiate is that we are not creating ex nihilo we're not creating something out of nothing only god creates something out of nof- out of nothing instead we are image image bearers in that we creatively what i call improvise um we we improvise our creativity by cultivating it in a way to produce things that are already there and making them into something that is new, something that is fresh. Um, It's very much like jazz. Jazz is based off of a platform and a framework of something that already exists. Notes, music, keys, uh, a musical structure, a melodic platform that they're using. But because they're within that form, similar like we'd be image bearers, because they're in that form already, they're already working within that framework, they now have the freedom to creatively improvise and develop something new off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so this idea of, of rearranging what God has already put into creation, rearranging what God is already putting within his people uh, to reflect his image, to image forth uh, him to glorify him, but also to to recognize that whenever we when we reflect God's image uh, in whatever capacity, whether it's through our creativity, whether it's through the use of reason, whether it's in our relational capacity, reflecting the image of God and, and bearing witness to the character of God is beneficial to others. It, it is designed to um, 
nourish and to encourage and to uh, promote life in those around us. And so when we think about the creative dynamic to this, we want to cultivate creativity uh, so that we might glorify God in such a way that it brings great good to people around us and to uh, promote things that are true and beautiful and lovely and good and uh, all to to um, all that's sort of in concert with the way God has created us as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know that. And one of the beautiful things about this is that um, and this, this, I don't think everyone thinks this way because I think we're all insecure. We're all self-conscious. We're all, uh, we have limitations that we impose upon ourselves as it relates to creativity. And I believe there, there is a current of creativity flowing in every human being. But not every human being knows quite how to find it, or if they do find that current, they, they don't know how to see it as what it is, meaning how to see it as a, a creative current that God has put within them as divine image bearers. So, for example, I have a friend who's, uh, who doesn't really have much of a fictitious bone in his body. He doesn't think in terms of story or image or poetry, but where his creativity surfaces is when I observe him interacting with his kids, uh, trying to find things for them to play, things for them to do, things for them to engage in uh, while they're while they are being isolated and while they're be- having to be uh, socially distanced. You don't have parks to go to. You don't have places to go and things to do with your kids. And yet, this guy's creative juices, that creative current, so to speak, is flowing out of him in the direction of providing incredible, fun experiences for his kids. And and so my encouragement to him is to help him to see that that is a form of uh, creative expression that God has put within him. And every time he leverages that to bring joy to his kids, he's cultivating creativity. And so when we talk about this topic, I don't want anyone to kind of cut themselves off thinking, well, I don't paint I don't sing. Uh, I don't write stories. Uh, d- don't limit uh, what form creative expression can take in every person's life. Yeah, I think that's a great. Um, I mean, it leads a lot. There's a uh, along that same train of thought in terms of creative creativity, not just being about painting something or putting something together. It can be. It, it exists in all forms, and can. I would even add on. It can be developed in all different forms. Um, there's this book called Leadership Mosaic by Daniel Montgomery, and he describes creativity in this. Let me read you this because I think that is, is exactly um, just right along that same train of thought. So it says, um, where is it? It says, Creative, uh, creativity involves uh, creativity requires both divergent thinking, the generation of fresh ideas, combined with convergent thinking channeling those ideas into a practical solution. Creativity, simply put, is imagination applied. Mm-hmm. Imagination yes, applied. It doesn't mean that it has to look in the form, it doesn't have to take the framework or the form of mm-hmm. um, the fine arts. It can be, it's just imagination applied. And if we think like that, it opens up a whole world of creative possibilities in any and every lifestyle, every life that person lives. It's a, it's a dad thinking of games for his children. It's a, it's a engineer thinking of a new creative way to build a building. 
to add on something fresh that had never once been done before. And it is the artists creating new art. Yeah, and another example of that um, that we that I know that you guys have been doing, and we've been thinking about how to do it is, is even when you think about <laughs> our current situation and the lack of trips we want to take to the grocery store, and because we're spreading our trips to the grocery store far and wide during these days, uh, trying to get creative even in the kitchen when we think about okay, how can we take what we already have, and put it together in a creative way to to bring nourishment and even pleasure to the people that we're feeding in our households. Uh, so even kind of turning our cabinets when they are bare into an Iron Chef competition of sorts mm -hmm. where we are thinking creatively about how best to utilize the means that we have in this moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and that really, I think, revol goes, or at least for me, that's therapeutic spirituality is eating. <laughs> Sometimes, um, my wife and I, my wife and I just started doing that. Amy, Amy is a really, really talented cook. And recently, though, through all of the the crisis that is going around, one thing that she's always desired is to bake more and to um, not just to bake, but to constantly have bake baked goods in the house for the kids to eat and to see her doing and baking. As many know. Um, is a great way to teach kids about measurements, teach them about mixing um, flowers, how different ingredients can make something. Um, and so she's just got on this big kick of utilizing whatever's in the kitchen to bake something new. And to her, it's really become this, it's a creative therapeutic moment. It's, it's a connection that she has with her kids that she wants to, to utilize. She wants to, as a homemaker, wants to cultivate these moments that she gets to spend with her kids. And through the process, though, she's, cultiv she's creatively finding ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and along with that, I think when it comes to cultivating creativity uh, as a form of theological expression, meaning anytime God did, does anything as God, any, anytime he does anything, like when he created, he created with an end in mind. When he redeems, he redeems with an end in mind. When you think about the gospel story, the gospel story is one of the most creative or the most creative reality and story in the universe that God would redeem people through not exerting power, but extinguishing it, not by promoting himself, but by laying himself down that Jesus would bring about salvation through that incredibly unthinkable and unprecedented way. Um, the, the dynamic that there's a telos or a goal um, is very important when it comes to cultivating creativity. We, have, we th want to think about the telos of our creative expression. Why does Amy want to rearrange what she has to connect with her kids and to nourish them? Well, because she has the goal of <laughs> taking care of her kids and bringing joy and pleasure into their lives, even in the midst of so much potential fear and potential sadness. Um, why does a writer want to write a story where there must be a, there's a goal that the writer has something to say. They have something they want to promote. And so they are using the medium of story to communicate something substantial that will accomplish a particular telos or goal. And so I think when it comes to cultivating creativity, having in mind a telos as followers of Jesus, that telos being, how am I going to image forth God, glorify him, and promote good in the lives of those around me. And so we one interesting kind of line of conversation in this topic is 
um, the, the relationship between the medium and the message, like what comes first, having something to say or saying something, something a certain way. Uh, a lot of times uh, these two, like these are very like intertwined and it's hard to sequence them. But I think cultivating cre creativity requires both um, having something to say or something to accomplish or something to, to do for the glory of God and for the good of others. And then uh, doing it or saying it or expressing it in a way that um, that is creative, that's appropriate to the medium that we're utilizing, whether it's cooking, whether it's writing, whether it's singing, whether it's painting, whatever the case may be, but that uh, having that a clear telos so that the medium and the message may uh, may converge and have maximum impact. Uh, I think songwriters do this all the time where you have the combination of lyrics and melody. Uh, you may have a really strong melody beating in your head, but then you have to feel, okay, what am I going to, what, what truths, what beauty, what message do I want this melody to carry? And then you try to weave that message into the melody, or you may have lyrics, you may have words, you may have a message or something to say. Um, but you know that if you just read it aloud or stated it in a proposition form and not a poetic fashion, uh, it's not going to have as max a maximum impact upon hearers in terms of reaching the deep places, perhaps, of a person's soul and psyche. And so you want those words uh, to be married to melody for that end, but the medium and the message going, uh, being intertwined together is, is I think what cr cultivating creativity is all about. Mm -hmm. And I would, and I would um, maybe chime in on that and say, um, depending on who you are, are you a person who thinks of the medium first or are you a person who has the message? You know, do you have the melody uh, kind of playing in your mind or do you have the message and the lyrics playing in your mind, you know, just to use as a, as a metaphor. And I think all of what that comes down to is the different types of personalities. And I think that comes down to personal discipline of how cultivating uh, creativity as a personal discipline is going to look differently depending on the type of person that you are. If you're a more logical thinker, if you're a writer, um, I find sparks of inspiration come up um, whenever I'm trying to write something kind of throughout the day, but I have to have a disciplined time to put it all down into paper. And so if that means me carrying around a notebook, writing, jotting down notes while I'm doing dishes because something just flashed in my head. Um, but I mean, I'm far less of a writer than you are, Andrew. So I, I kind of want to know what's your, what's your personal discipline on, um, uh, utilizing and cultivating creativity for you. And then I'll go. Uh, yeah. Well, as, as, as far as writing, I think for me, it's um, <laughs> there's, I think, a lot to be said about the of placing limits upon yourself for its time frame, deadline, uh, some type of restriction, again, because that helps kind of channel your creativity to a telos that can be attained as opposed to everything just kind of floating in an amorphous, ethereal kind of way, uh, which is tends to be what happens with me. I get these ideas to write something and I'll start them. And then I don't really put much, don't put many lanes around them to move it forward in a productive, uh, tell us oriented fashion. Um, the, um, one thing to, to consider actually this, this topic, uh, given, I, I think Mark, we may be wise to talk about and break this up into three episodes where we come back to the therapeutic spirituality and the personal discipline and just give separate episodes to those. Cause I think 
yeah, because I think there's a lot more to be said in this conversation in these categories. So, uh, so coming back to the theological expression, though, there was one thought that hit me, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, here it is. So cultivating creativity, that medium, that message, finding some type of outlet uh, to cultivate creativity and to communicate a message or attain a telos or a goal that will help others and glorify God. A lot of this, when, when it comes to being followers of Jesus, cultivating creativity in the midst of a crisis necessitates that we are communing with our God that we are communing with Christ and we are pressing into Jesus in the midst of all the madness of, of our current circumstances. So that what's coming out of us are things that are related to uh, what Jesus is doing within us during this time. I think when you think about our earlier examples, it is well with my soul. You think about the other songs that are written by Christians throughout the history and times of crisis. Those didn't just happen. Um, one, it didn't happen ex nihilo, uh, but it also didn't happen in the vacuum of personal experience. It happened within the context of their relationship with Christ. And so I think this, this dynamic of theological expression um, anchors our, our, our attempts to cultivate creativity within the confines or within the context of our communion with Christ. Mm -hmm.